0: Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for everyday living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with the Tao in your own unique personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao De Jing. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day, by listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today, and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 44, Practicing Contentment Fame or one's own self, which does one love more? One's own self or material goods, which has more worth? Loss of self or possession of goods, which is the greater evil? Therefore, those who love most spend most, those who hoard much lose much. The contented person meets no disgrace. Who know when to stop, runs into no danger. They can long endure. That's verse 44 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Lin Yutang. Next, let's break it down. This verse has two parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. Part one asks us to choose between which is the greater love, and part two gets us to look at setting aside disgrace. So in part one, Lao Tzu is asking us, okay, fame or yourself, yourself or material goods, like which, like at the end of the day, what's what's most important? And I think we can answer that. <laughs> it doesn't take a lot of introspection to understand that you can't enjoy fame without yourself, right? And you can't enjoy material goods without your inherent appreciation of them. So I think it's safe to say that while these are open-ended questions, it's kind of understood that ourselves and our essences are more important than any of the other external trappings in which we find ourselves from time to time so that's part one now part two says okay now that we might have been okay with this idea of ourselves being more important than fame or material goods let's challenge ourselves to be content with what we have (laughs) <laughs> it's a little bit of a trick, right? At least it seems like that in the beginning, but it's really not. What I feel like Lao Tzu is doing for us is he's saying, okay, look, in the first part, let's think about detaching from things. Just just for a moment, let's just consider that. And in the second part, he basically says, well, once you've detached, now you can actually practice contentment. And here's the thing that happens with contentment. It's what we're looking for in the first place anyways. Like if I'm famous, I feel like, oh, I don't have to like, you know, do th- do stuff to, to prove myself. I'm already proven. Well, isn't that kind of like a sense of contentment? I mean, in a way, right? So I could not have to take all of those steps to get famous if I just chill. <laughs> So. <laughs> okay. So anyways, that's that's part 2, uh which basically says that look, once once you practice contentment, you'll find that you're spending less effort getting what you always wanted anyways. And like there's no risk in and and being content. Like everything is good. So anyways, to wrap that up, let's remember that verse 44 has two parts to it. Part one gets us to consider which is the greater love for ourselves or external factors. And then part two says, okay, well, once, once you're content with things, you don't need to feel disgrace about anything ever again. Like, because there's no, there's no reason that disgrace would actually pop up because disgrace is actually something that happens when you gain fame and then you lose it, right? We've heard that one before. Okay. So let's put that back together. I'll read verse 44 again. Fame or one's own self, which does one love more? One's own self or material goods, which has more worth? Loss of self or possession of goods, which is the greater evil? Therefore, those who love most spend most, Those who hoard much, lose much. The contented person meets no disgrace. Who know when to stop, run into no danger. They can long endure. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering practicing contentment. There are two things. The first one is choices. And the second one? is the fruits of contentment choices i'll bet that if you tried very little you could come up with five or even ten movie titles that are about a person who got famous and got wrapped up in it then learned a lesson that life wasn't worth all the hassle of fame seeking or that the accumulation of wealth was something that turned out to be an empty fulfillment. Why do we have these movies? Is it because we the people are to be put down in our ambitions? Are these movies tools of the states to lure us into position of passivity? Or are they stories that resonate with us because they carry an element of truth? That there have been scores of generations who have come before us that have experienced the same thing only to have it all not be worth it in the end. Well, setting aside the reason for the movie's existence in the first place, let's consider how, regardless of the reason why we watch them, there's something there that we keep coming back to. Somehow, we need to be reminded over and over how fame and wealth are not the things that will set us free. And yet, after the movie, we reflect a bit, but then go back to our normal lives We go back to checking the bank balance. We think about our vehicles. We wonder what restaurant we can go to later, perhaps. We find ourselves immersed in a world that has the inherent drive of ambition attached to it. It's subtle sometimes. For me, I know. I mean, I know from study that material stuff isn't what makes me happy. (laughs) And yet I find myself enmeshed with material ambitions. So what is up with that? Like, why, despite all my practice and all my mindfulness, do I keep forgetting? Somehow I forget that myself is more important than being recognized for things or accomplishments. And when I mean self, I mean my essence. Somehow I forget that a large sum of money in the bank won't solve all my problems. Not all the time, however. As I've practiced the Tao, I've gotten better at remembering these things and I don't find myself thinking about material stuff as much anymore, which is a big relief. But how to remember and how to articulate to someone that this thing we can't see, touch, hear, taste, or smell is more important than fame or riches? That's the more poignant question in my mind. How to tell someone, or myself, That there are things that outweigh the momentary rush of these seemingly attractive states. Lao Tzu seems to do a pretty good job by using opposites and comparisons. Fame or one's own self? Which does one love more? And this seems like an open question at first, but we know what the answer is, don't we? (laughs) We know. (laughs) I'll be honest. Having been through my journey thus far... And experiencing the gifts of the Tao at varying levels of intensity, if presented with the opportunity to be famous right now, I gotta tell you, I would pause for a moment and sit in the idea of how wonderful that would be. (laughs) Of course, I would consider everything I know about that price tag as well. But just for that moment, I would be thinking about how cool it would be, how easy it would be if everyone told me I was awesome and I didn't have to rely on my connection with the Tao to know this. (laughs) So, is laziness my culprit here? Eh, I don't know. I, I think it's probably just a contributing factor. The fact is that I, like the Tao, am a collection of North Pole influences and South Pole influences. I'm both yin and yang. Both of them have a place within me, and they both create the one that is my experience right now. Perhaps fame and wealth are neutral forces, just like gravity or ego, like we saw in verse 39. Perhaps it's the importance I inherently place on fame and wealth, either due to my own ambitions or the culture in which I live, or even the influence of my parents. In any case, where it comes from is beside the point. It's the choice I have every day, isn't it? Choose me, or Choose possibly losing myself in the pursuit of emotional security or prestige. Choose me, or choose the possible loss of myself by pursuing financial security. (laughs) Is this verse a call to sell all our possessions and live destitute lives in the pursuit of enlightenment and service to others? No. No, I don't think so, for that would be the same as losing myself to the opposites of fame and wealth. And I'd be right back where I started, wouldn't I? I feel like the main takeaway from the first part of this verse is that it's helpful to pause regularly and examine why we are doing things. Are we doing things at home, at work, or with friends more for recognition or for self-cultivation? Are we keeping that bank balance and doing things to grow it so we can be lazy and lock ourselves away later? Or are we doing it because we need to take care of ourselves and make sure that we're okay so that we can serve others later? For me, contentment starts here. If at some point I realize that the best feeling of all is to be content with who, what, where, why, and how I am, I will make decisions that support this state of being. It's a moment-to-moment choice for me. And? It's an act of practice. I like how verse 44 is a reminder of that, just like the movies we watch. The Fruits of Contentment If the first part of this verse is about consciously choosing to set aside the desires of the self, the second part talks about what happens when we do. What is contentment? Well, for me, it's a word that describes this feeling I get when all is right with the world. <laughs> and here's the definition of contentment from Wikipedia. Contentment is an emotional state of satisfaction that can be seen as a mental state, maybe drawn from being at ease in one situation, body, and mind. All right, so it's not really happiness, is it? it seems that happiness is several notches above contentment along the lines of what I refer to as agitation. Yes, agitation doesn't need to be a negative thing. It's just something that stirs up the emotional water, so to speak. But doesn't contentment feel the best? Like, it does for me anyways. I mean, it's great to feel happy and light, and sometimes, I'll be honest, sometimes it's great to feel the fire of anger. But those feelings, when entertained, grow inside of me and at some point they leave me feeling exhausted. So I'm good with the middle, the clear water after all the mud has settled. I find that when I'm there, everything is as it should be. I can see things more clearly. I can tune into what's going on around me on a level of awareness that seems much more real than when I'm in an agitated state. So those are just my experiences with contentment. I think Lao Tzu does a much better job at talking about it, so let's have a look. In the second part of the verse, let's look at this line. Those who love more spend more. Those who hoard more lose more. And Isn't spending really more fun than saving? For me it is. Of course, I understand that saving money now helps safeguard against a significant disruption in my lifestyle later, so I do it. And to a certain extent, it's nice to see some of that financial security in the bank, not going to lie. But it's still way more fun to spend it, at least in my opinion. But what if we're not talking exclusively about money here? Maybe we're talking about spending love versus hoarding love. Maybe we're talking about service to others. I mean, what is service but the outpouring of one's own energy for the benefit of others? Further, what if, by spending my own energy on others, I become more and more like that empty vessel into which the Tao may flow more and more? Let's look at the next line. The contented shall know no disgrace. When I'm still, when all is right with the world and me, I feel no need to change it. When I don't need to change anything, there's nothing at stake. I'm not putting myself out there. There's no risk of failure, is there? But let's not confuse this with doing the right thing. Remember, we talked about non-action as really the abstention of inserting our egos into things. If I am trying to make positive change in the world and do not attach to the outcome, I'm still not putting myself at risk for feeling disgraced, am I? I'm doing my part. I'm honoring myself by not attaching. I'm still content within. Okay, the next line is, Who knows when to stop, runs into no danger, and can long endure? I feel like knowing when to stop is a byproduct of contentment. So the obvious ones are knowing when to stop consuming things, when to stop in an argument, when to stop doing things. But what about knowing when to stop not doing things? (laughs) Ignoring a certain circumstance because it's not convenient. Isn't that not doing something? Not to be confused with non-action? What about standing by and not addressing the elephant in the room? Personally, I've experienced some dire consequences from both of those cases. So for me, knowing when to stop is knowing when I'm either doing or not doing something to serve my corporeal or egoistic desires, re-examining my motives, and adjusting accordingly so I can move into harmony with the Tao. I feel like when my waters are calm and my dust is settled, it is easier for me to know when to stop. I don't know about you, but these things sound pretty awesome. So I'm left with a question, why wouldn't I want to practice contentment, (laughs) right? Well, I'll tell you why, at least for me. It's not a natural thing for Dan the self to do. I mean, we've, we've all got this ability to feel content, don't we? Which must mean that it's in there. But I, in my attempt to make sense of the world, have created an identity that constantly seeks validation from the external world to prove that number one it exists and then number two that it is worthy in short because I am human I stand in the way of my own contentment also contentment is one of those things that I just can't put my finger on I can't wake up and say I'm going to feel contentment today and then just be good there are things you know like life things that happen during the day to which I react And, as we know by now, my reaction to things is what causes me agitation. So, how do I not react to things in a manner that allows me to stay in the middle? How do I attempt to strip away my Dan-made identity that stands in the way of my own contentment? With practice. By continuing to try my best to move into and keep my harmony with the Tao. Moment to moment. With gentle Persistent practice. To quote a friend for whom I have a deep affection, thanks for listening to me. To wrap up my experience with this verse today and considering practicing contentment, I thought about two things. Number one, were choices. Number two, I thought about the fruits of contentment. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of practicing contentment in this verse today. The first thing we can do is we can practice detachment. And the second thing we can do is we can practice appreciation. So let's practice detachment. In this exercise, I'd like us to practice emotionally detaching from things in our lives. Let's start small. We'll just take a moment to breathe in. And breathe out. Let's ask the Tao to give us a new experience as we try this out. Thank you. Call up in your mind's eye the things that you interact with on a daily basis. You wake up perform your hygiene routine, and get ready for the day. Let's think about the things we use in this time. You may sleep in a bed with sheets or covers. You may brush your teeth with a toothbrush. You may use running water for your routine. So let's consider your toothbrush for a moment. If someone needed it, would you give it away? You could easily get a new one later. Do you have any emotional attachment to your toothbrush? I mean, other than feeling that it might be gross for the other person and setting that aside, would it cause you any emotional pain to actually just give it away? Assume you can get new ones. Would you miss your bed and your bedclothes if you gave them away? Could you see them for what they are? They're just tools to help you get a good night's sleep. Okay, let's think about some of the other objects in our lives. What about coffee mugs? What about pots and pans? Can you see them and realize they're just objects? Can you ask yourself if you're attaching some sort of meaning to them? Are you? Could you give them away if you can get new ones? Let's now think about a thing in your life that does give you meaning. I have a meditation table that I built. And I've enjoyed many profound experiences sitting in front of it. And I've had a guitar for almost 29 years. We've made some beautiful music together. Now how about you? What do you have that gives you meaning? Now... Let's consider that the objects that give us meaning are just that, objects. We are the ones assigning a meaning to them. (laughs) I'm sure the objects themselves don't have preferences about whether or not they're in closets for 29 years or if they have someone sitting at them every day. Ask yourself for a moment, If someone needed this, could I give it away? Now in this moment, you may feel a little resistance to this idea and that's okay. Just remember that if that's the case, perhaps you are subtly choosing control over your environment than allowing the Tao to take and give. Perhaps you are subtly choosing your own preferences over the preferences of the Tao. I'd invite you to continue this exercise. Try it out on smaller objects, maybe ones with little sentimental value, and see how it feels to detach from them. Consider selecting items that mean more to you as you practice. I think you'll find that detaching from meaningful things feels a little shocking at first, but it is actually a cleansing process. For me, once I've let go of an attachment, I do feel freer, especially after I realize that the object doesn't care. It is I who is doing all the holding on. Now just so you know, I don't do this all the time. But when I do, it feels great. So let's look at practicing appreciation now. Here's a quick little exercise. If we've practiced a little detachment, we can allow the doubt to flow into the space we've just made by taking a moment to appreciate the little things in our lives. So consider your routine again. Without wanting to possess that toothbrush, can you appreciate how it helps you clean your teeth? how about that water cup you might have by the sink? It's just an object that holds water. Can you appreciate that it's there for you when you need it and that it works? There's no holes in it. Remember, let's detach from it emotionally and then allow our gratitude for it to flow through us. What about the people in our homes? They can be family members or even neighbors. Can we appreciate them? Can we appreciate that they are sharing this life experience with us somehow? What about your current situation? Let's pause for a moment and consider whether a situation is wanted or not. If it's wanted, can we take a moment to detach from that? Okay. And now... Appreciate that it's actually there as an expression of the Tao? And what about unwanted situations? Can we detach from them? Seeing them as things that are not happening to us personally, that they're just things that are happening? And then, can we look into that situation for a lesson, something we can learn from it? Can we appreciate that? I feel like these two exercises are effective ways we can practice verse 44 today. Remember that in the first part of this verse, Lao Tzu asks us to consider what's really important, our self-cultivation or the pursuit of wealth and fame. When we do the detachment exercise, it can help us look at the obvious and not-so-obvious places where we've placed more importance on the corporeal stuff and less importance on harmony with the Tao. In the second part, Lao Tzu tells us what happens when we're enjoying contentment. The appreciation exercise can help us to actively participate in cultivating that. I find that when I'm appreciating the tiniest of things, I feel as if all is right with the world in that moment. I'm not thinking about how so-and-so is wrong or how I got a raw deal the other day. I'm thinking about how awesome it is to be able to appreciate what's in front of me. So that will wrap things up today. To consider the principle of practicing contentment, there are two things I can do. One, I can practice detachment. And two, I can practice appreciation. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 44 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Lin Yutang fame or one's own self which does one love more one's own self or material goods which has more worth loss of self or possession of goods which is the greater evil therefore those who love most spend most those who hoard much lose much the contented person meets no disgrace who know when to stop run into no danger they can long endure thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for everyday living with your host Dan Casas Murray this podcast is for the Tao curious those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching in each episode we do four things one we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that, as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you, as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast, and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit, Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Daoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends, if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.